It's the 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time here at Good Shepherd Catholic Church in State College, Pennsylvania. The date is September 16th, 2018. Today's readings come from Isaiah, chapter 50, verses 5 through 9a, as well as James, chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. The Gospel proclamation comes from Mark, chapter 8, verses 27 through 35. Today's homily is given by Father Charlie Amershek. The following passage from the book of the prophet Isaiah speaks of the coming of God's Messiah in in degradation and suffering. Who wants to put their hope in a suffering Messiah? A reading from the prophet Isaiah. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. I did not turn backward. I gave my back to those who struck me, and my cheeks to those who pulled the beard. I did not hide my face from insult and spitting. The Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who are my adversaries? Let them confront me. It is the Lord God who helps me. Who will declare me guilty? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The following passage from the letter of James challenges us to express our faith by our acts of charity. A reading from the letter of St. James. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or a sister is without clothing, and lacks daily food, and one of them says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, And I, by my works, will show you my faith. Mm -hmm. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus and his disciples set out for the villages of Caesarea Philippi. Along the way, he asked his disciples... Who do people say that I am? They said in reply, John the Baptist, others, Elijah, still others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter said to him in reply, You are the Christ. Then he warned them not to tell anyone about him. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer greatly 
and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed and rise after three days. He spoke this openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. At this he turned around and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. He summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And you, Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? And you are, you are our God. We claim your name, the same as your family of old. And you know, you know who we are. You know when we sit, when we stand, and when we follow. You promised us everything. We trust as we can. We come to hold you to your word. We come to hold you to your word. We come to hold you to your word. The same word you held so close to us all. Jesus the Lord. Every time I read that scripture, who do you say that I am? I think about that little hymn written by Joe Wise. Joe was a folk singer, guitar player, who wrote a lot of church music in the 70s. And I love his music. So, who do you say that Jesus is? You know, there's something in this story, this text that Deacon Jack read, that kind of upsets me. Um, Jesus rebukes Peter and says... You're thinking like a human being and not like God. Well, Jesus, duh, I am a human being. I do think like a human being. Man, I I wrestled with that line all week and, and it came to me. I started to think, well, maybe when you and I are baptized, We are transformed. It is the very life of God that comes alive in us. A seed planted to change us, to transform us. And every time we come to church and hear the word of God proclaimed, every time we come to the table to receive the body and the blood of Christ, every time we gather together, Brothers and sisters, the seed that was planted in our baptism, the seed of a relationship with God that transforms us, is nourished and fed 
So maybe when Jesus says to us, you're thinking like a human being and not like God, what he's saying is be faithful to your baptism. Be faithful to the word of God that you hear. Be faithful to the Eucharist that's supposed to transform your lives. Be faithful. He tells us to take up our cross. Hmm? The disciples didn't want to hear that, and truth be told, I don't think I do either, Ken. It's just like, mm, take up your cross. What does that mean? For some of us, taking up our cross has come to mean when you, you get sick or uh, when you have a problem, that's your cross, and you've got to carry that and, and trust that God will walk with you through that difficult time. And that's not a bad understanding, but I think a better understanding of what it means to take up our cross, to take up our cross is to fulfill the demands of love. Think about that. Who do you love? Think about that. Who do you love? What do those people need from you? How can you serve their needs? In order to do that, in order to take up our cross, we have to let go of selfishness. You know, there's a, a commercial or a public service announcement talking about not using dip tobacco. Have you seen it? It's a, like a high school football player. Why are you looking at your dad? It's a high school football player leaving practice and this monster, this huge monster with, with octopus kind of tentacles is, is flashing around and grabs the kid and won't let the kid go. And their point is that if we become addicted to dip tobacco, dip tobacco is going to own us. And you know, I looked at that and I thought, that's really a good image for selfishness when we're selfish, when we only think of ourselves or we put ourselves first, that's a hard thing to break. It takes control of our lives. Our selfishness takes control of our lives. All we can do about that is to take up our cross. to fulfill the demands that loving others makes of us. The Word of God, the Eucharist, our being together as a community, our working together as a community, break the domination of that selfishness, huh? That's how it's broken. That's how we love and meet the demands, the needs of other people. You're all familiar with Yo-Yo Ma, the cellist? Amazing talent, wonderful. And they say he's really, really a, a nice man, a great human being. Uh, one of the things that he has said, and of all the places that he's, that he's performed, he really loved his time on Sesame Street. Do you remember when Yo-Yo, that's too long before your time. Do you remember when Yo-Yo Ma 
was teaching Elmo on, on Sesame Street to play the violin. Yo-Yo Ma says that was one of the best times in his life because he was giving what he had to give to young people, to other people. It was very, very meaningful. I understand from what I've read about Yo-Yo Ma, besides being an amazing musician, he really is a wonderful, wonderful friend. In fact, the, the Chinese character Yo actually is the character for friendship. There's a story told that Yo-Yo Ma's friend was dying of cancer. She was in the hospital and she was dying of cancer and Yo-Yo Ma packed up his cello and he went to the hospital to visit her and her husband. And he took his cello from the case, he sat down in that hospital room and he played her favorite piece. Take up your cross. Serve the needs of others. It was a powerful, powerful experience as you can imagine. Well, a week or two later, he went to see her again. And this time she had worsened and she was really, she was just too tired and worn out. And her husband said, oh, Gert, look who's here. Yo-Yo's here. Uh, this lady, by the way, I've got to tell you, she had a real, real passion for pickles. Do you know anybody who has a passion for pickles? Well, she did. So Yo-Yo Ma came and she was having a bad day and her husband says, Gert, Yo is here. Do you want Yo or do you want pickles? And she barely opened her eyes and said, I want pickles. Yo-Yo <laughs> Ma. So Yo-Yo Ma got up, put down his cello, and he was gone for a half hour. And when he came back, when he came back, he had five jars of pickles of each kind, every kind with him. Take up your cross. Fulfill the demands of love. That's what Jesus challenges us to do. Who do you love? What do they need from you? What needs do they have that we can meet with our lives? And Jesus looks at us, each one of us, and he says, you, who do you say that I am? And if we say with Peter that you are the Christ, we make the commitment to take up the cross serving the needs of others, fulfilling the demands of love. And you are, you are our God. We claim your name, the same as your family of old. And you know, you know who we are. You know when we sit, when we stand, and when we follow. You promised us everything. 
We trust as we can. We come to hold you to your word. We come to hold you to your word. We come to hold you to your word. The same word you held so close to us all. Jesus the Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's service. For more information about our church, including upcoming events, please visit us online at goodshepherd-sc.org.